Welcome to the Love, Heal, Thrive podcast. I'm your host, Erin Gray, and today we are talking about all things resiliency. We're going to talk about my personal thoughts on resiliency, as well as this incredible top 20 list. I can't wait to dive into this information with you. Let's get started. Thank you so much for purchasing Establishing Equilibrium. It has been an incredible, surreal week for me. Establishing Equilibrium became a hot new release on Amazon, number one hot new release in the chakra list, as well as made it up to number five so far in the chakra list. So my book title is literally neighboring next to Dr. Joe Dispenza and Anadea Judith. I mean, if you would have ever, never in my wildest dreams would I have ever believed this. And I'm so honored, so grateful, and hope that she continues to live there because there's so much incredible wisdom in this book. I cannot encourage you enough to go out and purchase it and send it out to all of your loved ones to help them enjoy the healthiest and happiest version of their life. So I'm also hosting an eight-week chakra series that I'd love for you to be a part of. I'd love to get to know you personally. So there's a link down below and follow me on Facebook and Instagram as Love Heal Thrive. And I'm on YouTube with my weekly meditations at Erin Gray. Let's connect. Let's get to know each other. I would love to know more about you. And again, if you have any requests, let me know down below. As I was preparing for launch day, there were so many things to get done. There is an incredible meditation companion piece that lives on my website that as you read the chapter, you can log on to Love Heal Thrive and go through a meditation along with me that pulls together all the pieces that you've just learned in the chapter. I loved it. Truth be told, my book probably would have been 600 pages had I left the meditations in it. Originally, it was all written out in there, but the book was so long, I had to pull them out. And I actually think it's really nice to have the journaling companionship along as you go ahead and read along in the book. However, everything I tried to do this week, there was four things that needed to happen before that one thing could happen. And as I was talking to my best friend on the phone, she was having the same experience in a totally different, she is not launching a book this week. She was doing some other things, but she actually brought it up. Not, I didn't even bring it up. She brought it up. And let me know down below if you are struggling with this this week too, this whole backlog, this whole clearing of the clog. We were trying to figure out what word accurately describes that experience where you have to take care of four things before you can check off that one to do. And it was clearing the clog. It was up-leveling. We were trying to figure out the word. If there's a word that you can think of, if you can think of a word, let me know down below because it will feel so satisfying to figure out what that actual word <laughs> is. But it got me thinking because through this whole book writing process, it was a five-year process of clinical research and writing and editing and proofreading and about a million decisions. And it was grit there was determination, and there was resiliency. So as I was trying to figure out what to talk about today, this word resiliency kept echoing in my mind. And I thought to myself, what makes up resiliency? What parts of our character and our mindset can we lean into to build more resiliency? Because stuff happens every day. And are we going to come out as the victor or the victim? 
out of those things. And as we continue to expand and grow, all of these things are coming in as blessings to strengthen us, to prepare us, to ready us for our next step. And so when we can begin to have this awareness that anything that is challenging in your life is brought in to prepare you, strengthen you, teach you something, even just this simple mindset can help you become more resilient and push through those challenges that show up in your life. And I find this to be exceptionally effective when I remain in the present moment, when I don't allow myself to have guilt or resentment or regret over anything that's happened, trusting and knowing I did my best in the past. And also when I don't creatively think about the future, that is what worry is. It is creative imagination. So when I am not creatively imagining my future or worrying about something or fearing something, if I can look at it as creative imagination, I can then draw in and draw back that imagination and become present here. When I can draw back from that future fear and that future worry and draw forward from that regret or guilt and remain here in this present moment. It allows us to not get ahead of ourselves or to get stuck in our past story, that we can recreate our story every second of the day. How can you create your life? How can you recreate your story right now in this second? Oh, and then in this second. Oh, and then in this second. It can literally be second by second that we take a great big deep breath and begin again. Begin with that mindset and know and trust everything that is coming into your life is here to bless you. And then sometimes it takes a great big deep breath to then come to realize we are being blessed and guided every step of the way. I think this awareness when we are being guided and strengthened and taught allows us to begin to have more self-love for ourselves. And don't give ourselves such a hard time. (laughs) We, We let things go. We let them fall away. We don't take ourselves so seriously. And we can trust and know that, wow, I didn't get that right the first time, but I'm gonna try again. And maybe tomorrow I'm gonna get it right or right, quote unquote. It's always exactly how it's supposed to be. And so we begin to let go and welcome in life just as it is, knowing that if it was supposed to be different, it would be when we can sit in acceptance of where we are right now and that life is planned exactly as it's meant to be. We stop becoming so attached to the idea that life is supposed to be something different than it is. And it is in letting go of that attachment that allows us to remain present. The self-love allows us to welcome ourselves as the perfect place, as a person. The self-love allows us to welcome in ourselves here into this perfect place at the perfect time, knowing everything is as it's supposed to be. So when you have a hard time coming into this place of resiliency and managing all the steps before you can get the one thing done, I gift you today my all-time go-to never-fail solution. I will include a link down below, but I turn on and or sing to myself the song from the 1970s, Santa Claus is Coming to Town, Claymation movie, when they start 
parading and walking and they start singing one foot in front of the other, the one foot in front of the other. (laughs) I will not sing anymore. That is enough to probably get that in your head for the rest of the day. You are welcome. But to be honest, it is so helpful and it's goofy. And I would be lying if I said that I have not paraded or marched through my kitchen when I got really challenged and frustrated and tired. I would just start marching and would literally put one foot in front of the other and just take a deep breath. What's next? What's the next step? Take one step and just keep moving. And I think that's how I've gotten five years in and this book finally finished and now being promoted one step at a time. And and trusting too, that it's not just one step, but that it's one divine step. I do trust that the divine is offering me the next step. And I trust that I am being guided every step of the way and that I don't need to get ahead of my steps. They will appear as necessary and as I'm ready for them. So those are my thoughts on resiliency. There's been a lot going on to build my resiliency here lately. And I found in preparing for this podcast, I found this incredible article in Everyday Health called 20 Tips for Building and Cultivating Your Resilience. Kind of perfect for today. And I really liked what it had to say. So we're going to talk through it. I'm going to read through it and give my own thoughts as well. So this article is written by Dr. Amit Sud who is known as the Happiness Doctor, founder and ex-director of Global Center of Resiliency and Wellbeing, with his prior experience being a professor of medicine at the Mayo Clinic, including being a chair of the Mayo Mind Body Initiative. So definitely a great resource on resiliency and mindset. So number one, he says, for minor annoyances, ask yourself, will it matter in five years? If it won't matter in five years, perhaps it isn't worth disturbing your peace today. This is such a phenomenal timeline assessment. I think this helps us figure out, is this minor on a major scale or major on a minor scale? And, you know, my one of my friends growing up would always say to encourage me to go outside of my very rule following box. Okay, Aaron, are you going to remember doing this? in five years? Are you going to remember doing this in five years? What are you What are you really going to remember? So I feel like I have such cherished memories around that five-year question mark <laughs> on whether or not we will remember things. But I, I think this helps us get perspective. You know, even just one day we gain perspective. If we begin to use the foresight of five years from this moment, I think that offers this incredible expansion of experience and allows us to not take it so seriously today. Number two, give no one the power to lower your self-worth. Believe in those who believe in you. Look at yourself with the eyes of the people who accept and love you unconditionally. So remember, even just getting mad or frustrated at someone gives them your power. It gives your power away in that you are stating that they have the power to take you out of your connection with your divine source. When you are fully connected to source, you are fully connected to the divine. You see the larger picture. You see the greater umbrella. And you know that everyone is doing the best they can. Everyone is at different stages of their evolution. And you just let it go. 
However, if you hang on to that resentment or frustration, then you're using that person as your excuse to not be fully 100% completely connected to source. When you are completely connected, you are basking in self-love, you are basking in self-adoration, and you also love everyone around you. Don't let anyone make you mad. It just gives away your power. Such a pivotal and powerful lesson. I'm not entirely sure that's what it said. And number two, but that was the take I took on it. (laughs) Okay, number three, at least once a week, spend quality time with someone who inspires you. I think this could be a parent, a loved one. It could also be incredible podcasts. I think there's so much great content out there. I think there's lots of ways to find inspiration these days. Number four, volunteer. Research shows that volunteering is associated with better physical and emotional health and even increased longevity. You know, they say when I did, I I started this whole entire experience of my healing practice, I first began as a grief minister within the Catholic Church. And what they taught during that training was that if you were able to get the people that you were counseling or holding space for around their grief, if you were able to get them to help someone else, their mood would elevate their emotions would elevate, they would feel better simply by helping someone else. So that was literally the go-to advice first. So if you have someone grieving in your life, help them find a way to, to give back simply because it will actually elevate their emotional state. Number five, think of the larger purpose of your life. Live your days aligned with that sense of purpose. I think four and five connect to each other. When we're driven to something, a larger purpose. We are doing it often because we believe that it will help others. Helping others makes our heart grow bigger. Number six, embrace your vulnerability. Be authentic. Accept that it's okay to feel sad once in a while. For those of you reading Establishing Equilibrium, I actually talk about this in the book where my husband, when he was just my boyfriend way back when, many, many, many decades ago, he actually said to me, hey, When you're mad, be mad. When you're sad, be sad. That way I know when you're happy, you're actually authentically happy. And I think that this is so true. I think when we believe that we have to remain happy all the time, people feel the lack of integrity in that false happiness. And I think having the courage to show that you're mad, the courage to show that you're sad, and this allows us to be vulnerable and we connect to others through our vulnerability instead of holding the shield of perfection up. Number seven, recognize that most people are struggling in their own unique way. Keep a low threshold when it comes to offering forgiveness. Forgiveness, I know, I know you've heard it. (laughs) I'm not going to dive into this a lot in this particular episode because it's on resiliency, not forgiveness, because I could probably do a whole episode on forgiveness, but we know that forgiveness frees you Forgiveness is not about the other person. It is about freeing your own heart and simply letting it go, trusting and knowing they're doing their best. They may not be as awakened as you, and it ultimately is the greatest gift to you to forgive and let them go. Eight, be kind, especially to yourself. Kindness is a marker of strength and not weakness. What are those voices in your head saying to you? Are they kind? For most of us, they are probably not, myself included. In fact, I just talked to my therapist about this today. (laughs) My work for the week is kind attention to myself and 
so often and I teach this stuff and I, I still have coaches all around me that are helping me be kinder to myself and nicer to myself. And I've come a long way. I'm much kinder to myself than I used to be, but I still have work to do like we all do. It, it always is working, much like my book, Establishing Equilibrium. It's never establish, it's establishing because we're always establishing. We're always healing. We're always learning. We're always growing because we get to a new level and then we learn again from that altitude of emotion and energy and perspective. So we are always growing, always learning. And where in your life could you be kinder to yourself? Where could you be kinder to others? And if we find that we're not being kind to others, it's often because we aren't being kind to ourselves first. So I would say this inner work of kindness is life-givingly important. Number nine, lower your threshold. He likes that phrase. <laughs> lower your threshold to feel grateful. Be grateful for a deep breath, the smell of coffee, the smile of a loved one, or the taste of water. If you have a daily gratitude practice, or if you embarked on my 1,000 gratitudes during Thanksgiving back in November, I will include a link down below. But the challenge was essentially name a thousand things that you're grateful for on Thanksgiving. And it came down to the smell of coffee and the beautiful clouds in the sky. But I think those are equally important as anything that we would rank bigger or smaller. Find gratitude for everything and you begin to create this life and this expectancy of gratitude within your life that you then draw more and more blessings into your life because your energetic frequency is raised. You vibrate at a higher frequency, so then you draw in more blessings just by simply being grateful for every little nuance in your life because every aspect of life is precious. Number 10, instead of fighting the uncontrollable, creatively work with what is. And I think this goes back to what we were talking about earlier is the accepting life precisely as it is, knowing and trusting that even if you are struggling right now, it is blessing you in some way to expand you, strengthen you, teach you, prepare you for the blessings that are coming next. Number 11, make a not to do list to keep your days light, alive, and humming. Byron Katie offers an incredible teaching on whose business is it anyway? And is it your business or is it the universe's business? And in doing so, we begin to learn and realize what we can control and what we can't control. And it turns out we can pretty much only control our breath. <laughs> so begin to recognize what you are able to control so that you can release to the universe what you cannot. And that works really well in the form of a chart. I can control this and the universe can control that. And it really does allow us to relinquish our control and to create that not to-do list knowing that we can't can't do it or control it anyway. Number 12, feel connected to nature. Spend time noticing trees, birds, clouds, lakes, and rivers. I think this falls into that, appreciating every single blessing and nuance of life because there is an energy within everything that exists around us. And as soon as you are able to connect to that energy and feel that connection that you are part of all the beauty around you, I think you will begin to feel the energetic resonance within you. Your energy level will raise even higher and then you'll begin to bring in and draw in even more blessings into your life. Number 13, if there is a lot going on, consider scheduling your worries instead of letting worries usurp your entire day. 
I personally find, especially this week, I have been so busy. I haven't even had time to worry. I haven't had time to think about anything but the four tasks that I have to get done before I can get my one task done. (laughs) And then I would move on to the next task that would have four things done. But I do find when we are incredibly busy, it's a forcing function to the present moment because there's no idle moments. That's actually not necessarily the healthiest way. In fact, my best friend said, okay, Erin, which day am I going to tell you? She's like, I I bless you and I approve you working at this pace right now, but what day am I going to tell you to go to sleep? (laughs) And I told her, October 5th. You can tell me to go to sleep on October 5th. (laughs) But I do think this scheduling your worries, rather than scheduling your worries, I think just being mindful of where you place your attention will allow you to draw in the experiences and the energy that you want. Energy flows where attention goes. So pay attention to what you're paying attention to. 14, read good books, watch inspiring movies. I think anything that elevates that energetic frequency so that you draw in a higher energetic frequency so that you can attract more beautiful blessings into your life. Establishing equilibrium is a great place to start. (laughs) 15, sleep at least seven to eight hours every night to be awake as human, to sleep is divine. So when we go to sleep at night, what happens? We change our clothes. We wash our face. We brush our teeth. Many of us shower again right before we go to sleep. We prepare for our subconscious life. So this is why I've talked about the five minutes before you go to sleep. Do not think about the people that you're mad at or the frustrations. Envision what you want to draw into your life. Make it palpable. So illuminatingly illustrated within your mind so that your subconscious can then spend the next eight hours drawing in the connections, the energy, the people to make that happen because we connect with divine source while we are sleeping. So give the divine source the assignment that you want to draw in the life of your dreams, not more frustration and anger. Number 16, practice deep breathing and other forms of meditation on most days. Aim for at least 15 minutes. Breath is the first medicine. It allows our body to elevate from a physical standpoint so that we can feel better. We can draw in that oxygen that feeds our brain that ultimately controls the entire body. And meditation allows us to let go, to feed the brain, not just from oxygen, but from divine source from divine energy and we receive the guidance that we need in every moment of every day so beginning creating that bookend experience in the morning and at night just don't put your head down on the pillow just commit to one minute of meditation before you go to sleep at night just don't put your head down on the pillow one minute and watch how quickly you create this bookend experience because that one minute at night will then entice your body to spend one minute in the morning and then you can extend it to two minutes, three minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. But this book and experience I find begins with not putting our head down on the pillow until we've meditated. 17. Avoid prolonged sitting. I think this helps us break up our routine. It breaks up our mindset, our our cycles, and it allows blood to flow through the body. 18. Optimize the dose of news you consume every day. For any headline that distresses you, read something that inspires you or helps boost your well-being. So I have completely curated 
my Facebook page to only be positive insight, positive people. And I hardly even ever go on my personal side. I only pretty much stick to my business side. And it is all information I want to learn about. And so it's a very positive, uplifting experience. And guess what? All the news that I really need to know finds me. I don't have to go searching for the negative news that ultimately lowers my vibration and would bring in more tragedy into my life. I'd rather remain higher frequency and draw in the best life possible. Energy is the common denominator. What you do with your energy matters. So draw in what you want. 19. Get up from the dining table a little hungry. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know if I believe that one. <laughs> I don't know that that creates more resiliency. I feel like feeling nourished and satiated. I don't think you need to be overstuffed. I think get up when you feel satiated and um, don't overstuff yourself. But I don't, I don't think that you necessarily need to get up from the table hungry. So there might be a, a conversation at some point with someone on that. <laughs> but I'm not sure that I entirely agree with that one, but I'm just sharing the list. So number 19, get up hungry. Let me know in the comments down below if you think you should get up hungry from the table. Number 20, nurture your spirituality and make time to integrate it into your life. Amen, amen, amen. <laughs> yes, nurture your spiritual life as you elevate your energy. Energy is the common denominator. As you elevate your energy frequency, because you tap into the spiritual side of your life, you will draw in blessings. You will draw in the life of your dreams. What you do with your energy matters. What you do with your thoughts matters. So focus your thoughts on the most positive things and look how quickly you draw in the life of your dreams that is resilient and positive and so satisfying. Thank you so much for listening to this download on resiliency. Let me know down below what your favorite tool was in gaining more resiliency. Be sure to join my newsletter at lovehealthrive.com and purchase Establishing Equilibrium anywhere you buy your books. Love yourself enough to heal, heal yourself enough to thrive. Take care and I'll see you next week.